by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. Monday morning feels so bad. Everybody seems to nag me. Coming Tuesday, I feel better. Even my old man looks good. Wednesday just don't go. Welcome to Cairo Nights. I've had Friday on my mind since Monday at about 11.30 in the morning. i got to tell you, Matt. <sighs> Welcome to Friday night, everybody. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We hope you had a, a good Friday. Ready for a nice Super Bowl weekend. And, you know, it's... Super Bowl so mellow or melancholy, I think, is the right word I'm looking for. You know, it's it's the excitement of the big game, and then the last game for months. True football fans know that it's, this is it. It's the last the last game we get for quite a while, till summer when the you know the Hall of Fame game. I think it's in August, and then it's a couple of meaningless preseason games that you don't really give a rat's patootie about. But you got to pay for it anyway if you got season tickets. They charge a full price for preseason games. It's a bit of a crime. Uh, and and even when your team's not playing, it makes it even worse because. You know, you hope for a good Super Bowl, but the game has gotten so big. The Super Bowl has gotten to be such a over-the-top production. It's almost it's almost hard to watch as a football fan. You have to kind of watch it as an entertainment consumer. I was going to say, because I bet you there's a lot of people who care nothing about the game that are watching just for halftime and for the commercials. I would I would venture to guess you that, to, to guess... That it's probably about forty percent of the people forced to watch the Super Bowl at a Super Bowl party with their significant other or whatever, or because that's where everybody's doing a Super Bowl party this Sunday. Yada yada yada. Uh, most folks are fans, I think, who watch, but I, I bet more non-fans watch the Super Bowl than any other game. You're right about that. Uh, and and the commercials are great. We talked about that a little last night. Some of the great Super Bowl commercials, some of the great commercials of all time, have been debuted at the Super Bowl. And the halftime show, you know, I saw this week, I've seen so many, you know, lists of the greatest Super Bowl halftime shows ever. Prince. Prince. Uh, you're right, man. That's number one on everybody's list. Everybody's list has Prince. Number one, without a doubt. And we've we've had so many years of rock and rollers. Lately, we've, you know, been getting a nice cross section of other musical genres, to get uh, to get the fan base expanded for the NFL, I mean, or actually, I would argue expanding the entertainment to meet the fan base in a lot of ways. No, I, you know what? I think you probably are more accurate. They're not trying to expand the fan base of the NFL. The, the fan base is already there. We had been old white guys had been overrepresented. In the Super Bowl halftime entertainment so selection. So now the entertainment selection is reflecting more the population yeah, yeah. Of, and the fans. And keep That's, in mind, too, like I just subscribed to a podcast this week. It was titled 50 Years of Hip Hop. Think about that. The hip hop genre, 50 years old. It's mainstream music now. It's where the culture is. 
that was the uh, that was the theme of the Grammys was the 50th anniversary of hip hop. That tribute that they brought forth, like 15 minute tribute, really very well done. I mean, everybody was there. And you still could have, and you still were, well, where's this or where's that? You still had artists that you would have liked to have seen included in that. But they really did lay out the red carpet for hip hop on its 50th anniversary. And that was, this last year, was the first time that really hip hop had been represented, right? I mean, we had J-Lo and Shakira. We've had Lady Gaga. Um, You know, all the pop you want from Madonna to Katy Perry, you name it. But... If Justin Timberlake had a had a nice run with with <laughs> well, well, and I'm not abruptly, about the, I'm abruptly. not talking about the uh, Nipplegate with Janet, uh, but he had his own. He had another year too when he had that troll song, that, that troll movie song out. Right, he got to do the Super Bowl halftime show by himself. But it's been a rock and roll dinosaur parade, and and I love classic rock. Don't get me wrong, I do. But we've had everything, buddy, from Aerosmith to the Stones to Springsteen to you to you name it. We've had them all. As Super Bowl halftime performers, and I'm I'm biased because it was the Super Bowl that the Seahawks won. They're one and two, of course. The Bruno Mars year in New York City, I thought was phenomenal. Bruno Mars is a machine. The top ten list I saw had, of course, Prince at the top, and then U two. I'm, I'm just trying to remember who it was. Beyonce was in the top ten. Um, the last year, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Fitty, and everybody else. From that, from the hip hop celebration last year, was on there. Gaga was on the top ten. Um, the Bruno Mars appearance got a lot of good reviews back in its time too. In, in the New York show, oh, the kid's a f- flamethrower of an entertainer. Came out and did a drum solo by himself, to, you know, center stage, and you hold the world's attention—not just the seventy-some thousand in attendance at MetLife Stadium, but the world's attention for a drum solo. You got stones of steel at that point, man. But uh, this this Sunday, Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix, Arizona. Actually, it's in Glendale. The stadium is in the suburbs of Phoenix in Glendale, Arizona. I like that the uh, the league has taken to, you know, the NFL experience that they put out at every Super Bowl. The first time I got to go to a Super Bowl was in the early 90s down in Miami. I think I got to see Denver and Atlanta play. In the game and the Super Bowl experience or the NFL experience was at the game, which was at the time, not the Orange Bowl. It was Joe Robbie Stadium, um, which is now the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. But the, the Super Bowl experience was like way out in the, in the boonies where the stadium was. And when the Hawks played in New York or actually in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium, they had the good sense to put the Super Bowl experience in Times Square. That was fantastic. That was as much fun as the game was for me. And the game was phenomenally fun. That was, you know, not just the blowout of the Broncos, but the whole experience of being a part of watching your team dismantle the number one offense in NFL history was was fun. But having the NFL experience in downtown Manhattan, Times Square, it was open to everybody. People came from all over the East Coast to bring their families to this opportunity to have a little Super Bowl in your life without having to pay, you know, 900 bucks a ticket or be a corporate suck up. How people get into the game these days is you've got connections. So hard to get a Super Bowl ticket. Home, I don't know what percentage the home teams get to sell to their season ticket holder fan base. And I think when the Seahawks went, you had to be, 
had to be a season ticket holder, and they had a lottery drawing of the season ticket holders as to who could buy, had the had the ability to buy the very high, expensive, face value even ex- was expensive, Super Bowl tickets. So when they had the NFL experience in downtown New York, and this year it's in downtown Phoenix, which they've done the last few times the game has been in the Phoenix area, the Super Bowl experience, when the Hawks went to 49, Super Bowl 49, the last time we when we played the Patriots and lost in Glendale, the NFL experience was in downtown Phoenix, not out in the boonies by the stadium. That is so smart. And it's a great way for anybody to, to take part in the NFL's celebration of their championship game. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, we can say it because we're not selling tickets to see it somewhere. It's great. I love the freedom of free speech. It's great. So this Sunday, I'm not sure what the what the line is on the game. Maybe a texter can tell me. I'm not sure if it's it's somewhere between one and a half and three and a half. I know it started and then moved. So not really sure what the what the spread is right now. I got a list of all the prop bets on the Super Bowl. Do you know what you know what prop bets are, right? You can bet on just about anything in the Super Bowl. Just about anything. You can bet on the coin toss. You know, heads or tails. You you can and I think uh, DraftKings and they've got a I believe, and this is by no means a uh, an endorsement of any of the local casinos, but I know DraftKings has a uh, has a partnership with one of the local casinos here in town, and you can make any of these bets at one of those facilities. We've got we've got sports book betting now. I believe it's uh, Snoqualmie has a book, and I think uh, Tulalip might have a sports book. Not really certain. I, you know, I'm not a gambler. So I'm not really sure what casinos have sports book betting. So you'd have to you'd have to look into your local casino to see where you can do sports betting. I know Washington allows it, so it's probably at, probably most of the casinos have sports book now. But uh, you can bet on some prop bets. Some prop bets you can bet on the first offensive play from scrimmage. It's going to be a pass or a run. Don't have you know. Uh, first team to record a first down. You can bet on that. Kansas City or Philly. You can bet on the length of the national anthem, over or under ninety five seconds. Who is it? Is it is it uh, Chris Stapleton doing the national anthem? Yeah, it is Chris Stapleton this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Be uh, um, I'm betting under. I'm betting under ninety five seconds. Because it doesn't have to do a lot of fancy trills and falsetto, you know, la 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 during this anthem. You can bet on the outcome of the first coach's challenge. Not not even which team it's going to be, but will it be overturned or, or will it stand, the challenge? You bet on the jersey number that scores the first touchdown. Whether the jersey number itself is over 11 and a half or under. 11 and a half, right? How cool is that? You got you to have a real gambling problem to bet on whether the, the first touchdown is scored by somebody whose jersey number is over 11 and a half or under 11 and a half. Uh, will a team score on, the first, on their first drive of the game? First team to get to 10 points. Total yards of the longest field goal. Of the game, not the first, but the longest field goal of the game. Is it over 46 and a half or under 46 and a half yards? These are some of these are great, man. 
First team to register a safety. Will, will, will either team register a safety in the Super Bowl? Yes or no? Which team scores the longest touchdown? Total number of successful field goals in the game. Is it over three and a half or under three and a half? Total punts by both teams. Over or under six and a half? Hmm. I'm going to think that. I bet that's an over. Will either team miss an extra point? Yes or no? Total players to attempt to pass. Over two and a half or under two and a half? So they're basically saying, will someone besides a quarterback attempt to pass? Or will a backup quarterback be called in at, any, at some point? Over two and a half or under two and a half? You can bet on anything. Will a player score TD and a two-point conversion? Will there be a big man touchdown? A, a touchdown by a offensive or defensive lineman. Will they score a touchdown? Shortest touchdown score. Will anybody score from under a yard and a half? A yard and a half or over a yard and a half? The shortest touchdown scored. You can be on the first team to score, last team to score. Will the last play of the game be a kneel down, like a victory formation, or will it be a, an attempt to, you know, to score on the last play? All this fun stuff, man. Even, Matt, what color Gatorade will be poured at the end of the game? <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Well, look, think about it. If it's a, if it's a Kansas City win, it's probably going to be orange or red. Is it well, the, the choices are yellow or green or an other color. You can bet on that. And the MVP, will it be a quarterback or somebody else? That's the thing. You get a quarterback or other for the uh, for the MVP. Total point scored is odd or even. Odd or even. Still don't know what the spread is and what the over-under is on the game. I'll find out. What I'll find out during the commercial. Chris Stapleton is going to be fun to watch, man. I kick and play. Saw him play during the Grammys. He did the tribute part of the... Uh, the, um, the smoke, Motown? yeah, the well, the Smokey Robinson and Barry Gordy. It was basically oh, right. well, it Gordy. wasn't really a tribute to Motown. It was more more Barry Gordy and Smokey and Chris Stapleton played guitar on that. It was just fantastic, a flamethrower. I think if if people like good soulful music, they should really check out Chris Stapleton. He gets pigeonholed as country, but he yeah. can do folky stuff. He's got some R and B. He covered Al Green's "I'm a Ram." Did an excellent cover version of that. It was also used in a Dodge commercial. Go figure. Nice. And yeah, he's a very talented artist. He can do bluesy stuff, soulful stuff. It's He's awesome. I love him. So Brian in South Seattle texted in. I get it. You can bet on anything. I'm going to bet on whether Brian complains about other elements of the show tonight. <laughs> I'm going to bet yes. I'm going to go with yes. I'm betting the over on Brian having more than one. I'm, I'm just kidding. Brian. I'm going to bet kidding. no. I think he got in his line for the day. <laughs> I'm he just kidding. Well, now if he bets, he gets to he gets to control the board here. It's his it's his phone. Uh, I'm just kidding, Brian. I'm glad to have everybody along, man. Eight 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 nine seven three five four seven six is the text line. So the real question is, who, who do you like in the game? This is going to be a, a very competitive Super Bowl. The Eagles probably have the better roster, top to bottom, but the Chiefs have the league MVP in uh, in Patrick Mahomes. And and they've got this, you know, the Kelsey brothers, the Kelsey brothers are playing, you know, the, the Kelsey brothers, it's the first time two brothers 
have have faced off in a Super Bowl. You know, the tight end is for the Chiefs, and the offensive lineman is for the Eagles. Their mom is in the stands wearing a jersey that's half of each jersey, right? And I saw I saw a little bit of a uh, the podcast the brothers were doing, and their mom is rooting for offense because both her sons play offense. She wants to see the highest scoring Super Bowl in NFL history because when both her boys, when either of her boys are on the field, they want them to score. She wants no defense in the game. I predict that the Chiefs will win. I think it's going to be a 34-27 game. Chiefs over the Eagles. And that would mean the last play won't be a kneel down because the Eagles will be trying for a Hail Mary at the last play. There you got That's my take on things. So if you can bet on all these things, all these different bets, do we have a gambling problem as a nation? <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> then you're going to be just fine. We'll talk about our, our nation's gambling problem when we come back. It's Cairo Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. Stapleton to do your national anthem. The over-under is 95 seconds. <laughs> For bonus points, what soul classic does this remind you of? Play it up again. I think, personally, that it's a ringer for I'd Rather Go Blind from Etta James. Oh, yeah. Like, you could put those two songs oh, back yeah. to back. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just got a, such a great soul vibe to this, man. Oh. Whew. Well done. Uh, and I mentioned the Kelsey brothers. It would be I would be remiss if I didn't actually mention Travis and Jason Kelsey. Jason's the older brother, plays for the Eagles. He's the lineman. Travis, of course, the tight end who plays for the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are going to win. I really do, because I think the Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes combination, with what they did against Buffalo the year before in the playoffs, like scoring an, an unbelievable last second, you can't stop those two. Travis Kelsey has the ability to beat any defense by himself, and Mahomes has the ability to elude pressure and get him the ball no matter what situation they're in. I think that's going to be the determining factor of the game. Just just my two cents. I don't, and I don't know anything. Trust me when I tell you that. I didn't believe me. I didn't have to tell you that. You know. I don't gamble. I don't gamble anymore. Anymore. I, I've told the story on there. I don't know if I told you, Matt. 
of the night I made a deal with God and stopped gambling. Yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, it was a Monday yeah. night football. For those who didn't hear, it was a Monday night football game. I bet the over. It was seven nothing at halftime. I was taking gas. Seven seven at the end of the third quarter. I was already you know trying to figure out how I was going to come up with money for a bookie, a bookie, a week before Christmas, and a flurry of points between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. The Dan Marino, Danny White years, flurry of points in the last quarter, and I ended up making the bet. Literally, a touchdown was scored. And the referees were on the field discussing whether or not the player was knocked out of bounds or went out of bounds voluntarily, thus negating the touchdown or not. And I said, on my knees in front of a TV at the age of 24, I think, or maybe 20, 22, um, I said, God, if you give me this one, I'll never make another bet as long as I live. And as the words left my lips, the referee's arms went in the air. And that there's a sign, people. That is a sign. So I don't gamble anymore. Plus, my wife says we need our luck for real things like health. That's why I can't play the lottery, can't make sports bets. But I'm alone in that, my friend, because America is betting their little bottom off. Sports betting has risen tenfold in the last three years. Tenfold in the last three years. Addiction experts uh, say that this is the next opioid crisis, is sports betting in America. Now, that's due in large part because the Supreme Court ruled coincidentally, three years ago, uh, in 2018, actually, they removed the ban that uh, that outlawed sports betting outside of Las Vegas. I mean, five years ago, you couldn't bet on live action games in most of the U.S. Like Atlantic City and Las Vegas were the only place you could make legal sports bets. And now, I think 33 states have legal sports betting. And most of the stuff can be done by from your phone. That's why it's dangerous. That's where it's dangerous. A, uh, a, an addiction expert says, you know, when you've got a drug or alcohol problem, it's easy to see. It's easy for your family to notice when you're drunk or high. Your family's going to figure it out. With gambling, you can be sitting next to your kids watching cartoons while on your phone you're gambling away your house, your car, your retirement funds. Gamble, gamble, gamble. It's a pretty obvious thing if you think about it that the reason gambling is such big business is because the businesses of gambling win. It's not the gamblers mm. that are taking the majority of the wins. So the size of the business makes it pretty obvious who's getting played. You know what? Here's the difference, though. Here's the difference. You're right about the house always winning. That's how Vegas keeps the lights on, right? Easy stuff. With games of chance like cards or roulette or craps or slot machines, then the game is geared toward the house. But with sports betting, an informed sports better does better. I mean, it's still a game of chance. It's still a game of inches. It's a game of bounces, yada, 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 especially in football. But you can make some pretty educated guesses in sports betting. So whether or not you are going to do better you convince yourself you're going to do better. Right, because you as, but you're also assuming a best-case scenario in a highly variable environment. Well, I, I, you're not wrong about that at all. But people convince themselves that they know. Um, you've seen Casino, right? Robert De Niro's caro, character, Ace, in Casino, this guy knew gambling. He knew how to lay a line. He knew how, he knew how to evaluate talent, how to evaluate injury, 
how to evaluate the, the various conditions that can determine victory or defeat in a sports game, in a football game especially. And he knew where to draw, where to lay the line, whether the game, whether the team was favored by three and a half points or one and a half points. I just had a very interesting thought. Well, interesting to me, it might bore the audience completely. But- Why does asparagus make my urine smell? No, no. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But I was wondering. We talk a lot about AI. Uh-huh. So I wonder how good AI would be at predicting the outcome of of sporting games. Wow. That is a very you're, – you're right. Trust your instincts. That's a very interesting question, especially with the advent of AI and all that we're doing nowadays, whether it's you know uh, doing our homework for us or anything else, algorithms. Boy, if you put chat GPT on and just did, did a study about how accurate it would be, giving all the variables that go into sports betting, talking about how knowledgeable a sports gambler can become, you can, you can dedicate – 8, 10, 12 hours a day or more, educating yourself on tendencies, on personnel, on the weather, on all the things that make sports betting so interesting, and program that into a, an AI program and just run some, run some tests, run some, you know, have them pick and see how you do, see how they do over time. That'd be so interesting to see. I would love to know that. Texter says, sports betting isn't a challenge for me because my phone isn't hooked up to the internet. Good job. smart. That's probably the smartest guy in the room right there. The guy's phone isn't connected to the internet. You know, peop, people without a smartphone are the smartest people. I really think that might be the case. You are not Jeez, wrong at all. now I'm disqualified. Thanks a lot. No, no, no. Ruined no, no. my Come week. On. Come on. You and I both, we, we don't, we've been out of the running for smartest people for so long. It's okay. Texter says, Spike O'Neill promotes drugs and gambling. You're half right. I'll let you pick which half. No, totally. I, I, I he forgot sex and rock and roll. I, well, you know, those are givens. Um, yeah, I promote drug use. I do. I don't promote gambling. I promote drug use uh, in a safe and controlled and responsible environment. I promote alcohol use in a safe, controlled, and responsible environment. Why wouldn't I? Can you imagine going through life without a, a cocktail at the end of the, of the work week or the end of the work shift? You know, I mean, who would... America has always had that uh, come home and there's the little missus with the pearl necklace and the apron handing you a martini, little June Cleaver fantasy going there, right? We've always had that. Every TV show in the 60s, Pop had a cocktail. Come home. Here you go. Have a seat there, daddy. Oh, put your feet up. Here's your slippers. Pop brings your slippers. Wife brings your drink. Boy, glory days. Sure. I'd. And And I personally think that Cannabis is a healthier and safer solution to alcohol. So, therefore, if we say that alcohol is a social lubricant and when used responsibly helps wash away the stress of a, of a busy life, so does cannabis. Absolutely. Yes, I do promote drugs. I, I don't promote gambling because I've got a gambling problem. I don't, I don't frown on gambling. I think it's, think it's fine. I don't. I choose not to gamble because I've got a gambling problem. And Texture says, "Spike, I didn't know you were Catholic." Yes, and when you make a deal with God, you keep your word. But I you ask, have to run up the hill first. Yeah. <laughs> I ask her for so very little, my God, and when she delivers, I keep my word. It's Kyra Knights.
Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. And I know it's been a little sports-centric, but it's Super Bowl weekend. You know, come on, give us a little bit of a break. By the way, uh, sidebar, sports sidebar. Our own Seattle Storm deemed the most valuable WNBA franchise in the league. Kudos. Kudos to you, Seattle Storm. Meanwhile, the Seattle Sounders, the most successful MLS soccer team in, in America. We got it going on in Seattle. Now we got the Kraken, who in their second season are comp- competitive and near the top of their division, if not at the top tonight. I haven't checked the late standings in the last couple days. We're doing just fine here in Seattle. We'll be right back after these folks. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. You know who hates the increase in uh, sports betting in this country? Bookies. Illegal gambling. You know, they say when uh, when Washington allowed legal marijuana sales in this state, that the black market marijuana industry took a bit of a hit. And I guarantee you that the state uh, allowing sports betting is going to cut into the uh, cut into the action of the the racket, the illegal sports bet in Washington. Currently, only uh, tribal casinos in Washington State are allowed to have sports betting. By the way, the Super Bowl in Phoenix this Sunday is the first time that the game is being held in a jurisdiction that l- has legalized sports betting. So you can actually bet on the game in the jurisdiction where the game is being held for the first time. There's a bill in Washington's state legislature right now, though, Matt Markovich mentioned this, that would allow um, card rooms in the state of Washington to, to hold sports betting. That bill is going through the legislation right now. It's currently in, it's been introduced in the Senate and it's in committee. I mean, currently only casinos, tribal casinos in the United States, or at least in Washington state are allowed to have sports betting, but they're trying to get it everywhere in card, card rooms. I don't, I don't know. I don't mind sports betting. Like I said, you do you. Everyone's got a vice, right? Everyone's got a got a little niche, a little something, something that could cause trouble if it uh, if it overdoes it. The uh, Washington State Legislation, it's, it's Senate Bill fifty five eighty seven. That's the one that would authorize sports wagering at card rooms and race tracks too. Oh, card rooms and race tracks. It's like down in Emerald Downs. You could have a sports uh, sports book down in Emerald Downs too. You know, if you're if you're a card room, you've got a gambling license for a card room off off a uh, not a non tribal card room, and you get sports book in there. Whew. How is it legal on your phone? I wonder. I mean, that's an interesting point. I know the article that we read about uh, how sports gambling has increased tenfold in the last three years. They mentioned that most time it's through people's phones that they get in so much trouble. I think that's a, a national. I mean, if you've got a, if you've got a, a sports gambling, I think DraftKings is one, right? Where you can, you can make sports bets on your phone app. How does that work? You're cause you're clearly crossing state jurisdiction, state lines at that point. 
have to look into that. Yes, America's got a gambling problem. They've also got a drug problem. They've got an alcohol problem. We just have to be uh, all things in moderation, man. I wish I knew the phone. created a lifestyle in this country that is so high pressure that people are forced to look for escape rather than their real lives, their day-to-day lives being fulfilling and rewarding and wholesome. That's (laughs) that's why this stuff happens. That's why we have drug problems and gambling problems. Well, well, we've we've always had that, bud. We've always had that. Darren Stevens needed a drink when he came home from work, and he was married to a witch. Give him anything he wanted. But it's getting worse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Pressures are tough. Times are tough. You're right. It's getting worse, you know, and it's, I can't equate most of these issues to like the opioid crisis, for example, because the opioid crisis was orchestrated by the pharmaceutical industry. The opioid crisis literally was for profit from them on purpose. They deceived so many Americans about what their potential dangers for their product was, much like this tobacco industry did for generations, for, for decades lying about the, the the common knowledge in the industry of how dangerous their product was. And the same thing with the opioid crisis. I mean, alcohol and gambling, they, we've always known how dangerous these things are. You know, let the buyer beware when it comes to alcohol and alcohol abuse or gambling and gambling abuse. And I know, Matt, there's a story about legalizing heroin and how that would reduce so many different issues, but I don't know, man. Drugs are Drugs are dangerous. I just, drugs are dangerous. Especially when the supply is controlled by criminals. I can't argue that. Like I said, you know who's going to hurt most by uh, legalized sports betting is the bookies. That's who's going to get hurt the most. And when you when you bet with a sports book and you can't pay, you know, you go broke when you, or when you bet with a legalized uh, sports book. You know, when you bet a bookie and you can't pay, your knees get broken. It hurts worse. It's Kyra Knights. We'll be right back after this.